You're listening to Clinical Minds, presented by Medidata, a Dassault Systems company. I'm Paul Ostreicher. There's hardly a person who hasn't been touched in some way by the COVID-19 pandemic, but many may not realize the impact it's had on clinical trials. And without those trials, of course, patients' lives are disrupted, there's fear about not being able to get their medication, and the introduction of new medicines might be pushed back. Technology has mitigated a number of these issues, We know that COVID-19 vaccines were developed in record time, but it's also true that public concerns were raised around trust, safety, and health equity. Today, we're speaking with Dana Dornseif, the founder of the Lazarix Cancer Foundation, an organization that aims to improve patient access to cancer clinical trials. We'll be talking about patient trust, improving access to trials, and the importance of community building. Dana, thanks so much for joining us. Thank you very much, Paul, and thank you to Medidata for this um, awesome opportunity. Your entry into this realm started with a personal connection, your brother-in-law. Can you tell me about your family's story and how the Lazarus Cancer Foundation came to be? Sure. Um, Back in 2003, my brother-in-law, Mike, was diagnosed with pancreatic cancer. Um, He was given a one-half of 1% chance of survival. Um, three months to live without treatment and five months to live with treatment. At that time, 35,000 people a year were being diagnosed with pancreatic cancer and 35,000 people a year were dying. So we knew that if we did the same thing that everyone else had done, we were not going to get different results. So Mike went on to standard of care And um, my sister, Erin, and Mike tasked me with um, identifying clinical trial opportunities that, you know, he could possibly benefit from. Now, my background is in design. You know, I have no formal medical training whatsoever. Um, However, I I said, sure, I'll, you know, how hard can that be, right? So I'll take that on and I'll do the work. And um, it turned out to be one of the most challenging things I've ever done. Um, I used primarily uh, clinicaltrials.gov, which was uh, the resource that was available at that time. And, you know, I was reading through literally, you know, hundreds of protocols and uh, medicaldictionary.com became my best friend because I'd read two sentences and look up six words and go back and read the next two. And um, at the end of five weeks, and mind you, every day, uh, for a cancer patient seeking, you know, treatment in a trial um, is precious, right? So after five weeks, I was able to identify several trials that I thought Mike um, would both benefit from and qualify for. Uh, we got him enrolled in the trial and, um, you know, discovered that uh, we were constantly reaching into our pocket to cover all of the out-of-pocket expenses that primarily revolve around travel uh, for him. And um, so those were the two things, like A, you know, the the difficulty and confusion around navigation for for a lay person, and then B, you know, the expenses associated at a time when patients are already experiencing a high degree of financial toxicity around their their cancer um, diagnosis. And um, we lost Mike, but, um, you know, my phone kept ringing from people that he had said, oh, just call my sister-in-law, Dana, she'll help you. 
And literally that was the genesis of Lazarex Cancer Foundation. And we exist today to navigate through clinical trial options and then provide financial assistance for a patient and their travel companions so they can get where they need to be and take advantage of medical breakthroughs and technology. So trying to find your way, a, a course, uh, uh, navigating through all the, all the possibilities was a real challenge. And it's especially challenging for some, some different types of, uh, of individuals and population groups. How does Lazarix reach diverse populations, specifically Black and Latinx communities, to increase participation in cancer clinical trials? So this is a, a really important question, Paul, um, and one that we really have to do a better job of addressing. Um, you know, every single cancer patient, basically, just like your fingerprint, you know, you have a unique um, uh, fingerprint around your particular cancer diagnosis. So in order for the industry to develop treatments and, and drugs for all segments of our population, we have to have equitable participation across our participation so we can make sure that we're not only developing drugs for everyone, but that we understand how they interact with, with all of the, the various um, segments of our population. Currently, um, our uh, black and brown communities are really grossly underrepresented in cancer clinical trials, and we need to fix that. Um, and we do that by addressing some of the um, additional barriers that those communities face, which are um, historical barriers around, you know, medical um, uh, egregious medical, you know, um, behaviors that have taken place in the past, um, cultural barriers, language barriers, and finally, socioeconomic barriers where, you know, the social determinants of health really um, uh, do have an impact on the outcome of someone's cancer journey. So we do a lot of place-based, um, culturally appropriate, community-led um, uh, out community outreach and engagement um, and do it uh, with an eye toward being available on a continuous basis so that our community, those members from those communities can talk to people who look like them and understand what the resources are for them um, if they are diagnosed with, a, uh, with cancer um, if they need to identify their treatment pathway, if they want to pursue uh, clinical trial participation. Um, so our goal is to really address um, the health disparities that COVID has really shown a light on for black and brown communities um, and improve uh, cancer uh, health outcomes. And you, you touched upon uh, some of the issues from the past, which obviously have a tremendous impact on trust. And we know that there are also accessibility issues and technology issues with a number of potential clinical trial participants. What, what are some of your key areas? How are you dealing with those? So you have, you know, uh, regional geographic concerns, uh, issues around um, insurance, what will your insurance, you know, cover? 
um, how rapidly can you access um, care for a cancer diagnosis? Is your doctor associated with a research institution um, where they're very clinical trial savvy? And if you need that arrow in your quiver, you know, they, they can have that conversation with you. Or are you being seen in a more rural or community setting where your physician may not really be, um, you know, literate around uh, clinical trials and doesn't have that conversation, right? So knowledge is power. And we, we have to engage in an appropriate way, um, again, in the community, place-based, go to where the people are to have appropriate conversations um, with culturally appropriate you know, individuals so that we can um, inform our, these community members um, around what they can do to be more proactive um, and again, to achieve a better cancer health outcome. A recurring theme seems to be around the issue of engagement, meeting people where they are. Uh, are there any programs that you've launched that address this particularly, you know, directly? Yeah, so we really have um, many programs that we, we have implemented over the years. Um, you know, we started out just generically offering clinical trial navigation services and then providing financial assistance. And then we started supporting um, cancer uh, uh, travel companions, realizing that for many cancer patients who are seeking participation in a clinical trial, they may not be able to travel alone, right? They may actually need help. About seven years in, I realized that, you know, we were providing a noble service, um, but that's what we were providing. We were servicing the problem. We weren't actually fixing it. And so um, we set out to understand and kind of deconstruct why we had arrived at this crossroad of you know, since, since the war on cancer in 1970, we haven't been able to move the needle on diversity in cancer clinical trial participation. We realized that we had created an issue around access because of uh, FDA guidance language. We interfaced with the FDA. We presented our case that reimbursement um, really create of, of out-of-pocket expense really creates a platform of, of equity um, and parity for patients who want to pursue um, participation in trials and they agreed and fortunately eight months later you know we had a guidance language that really supports that activity so that we can engage with a patient who is considering clinical trial participation at the beginning of the um, their their you know decision making equation and remove financial concerns right from the get go. That program at the institutional level is called Impact, and it's amazing how allowing a patient to focus on and make a decision about what's best for them, their health, and their family, you know, um, is 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 different than if they're also carrying the burden of, oh my gosh, 
you know, I, I need to make sure my wife is taken care of if I'm gone or I, I want to, you know, make sure that my, my son can go to college. And uh, we achieved through the end of 2020, 62% minority participation with that program with 51% of those participants coming from households earning $25,000 or less. So these are clearly patients who would not have been able to consider participating in a clinical trial without that travel reimbursement. That, that is outstanding and shows how, uh, how resources and empathy both combined to truly move the needle on that really vexing problem. And I, I hear you mentioning travel, which immediately triggers in my mind uh, the effect that COVID-19 has had on, on all of us, especially uh, patients. Has the pandemic affected your work? I think the pandemic has really amplified the need for our work. Um, you know, when, when you look at the impact of COVID-19 on our communities of color, um, they have been disproportionately affected by COVID-19 and conversely um, have had uh, tremendous challenges around vaccine access, right? Um, technology plays into this quite a bit as well. You know, show me a person who didn't have to use a smart device or a computer to sign up to get an appointment to get a vaccine, right? And, you know, so we have that whole digital divide issue around COVID-19, right? Um, and, and gaining access, and also, again, social determinants of health. You know, what, what kind of job do you have, and can you afford to take a day off when you're not, you know, you're being paid hourly to, to go and, and get the vaccine? I really, truly believe that the vast majority of Americans really did not appreciate what the extent of our inequities um, and our, in, in healthcare truly are. And I feel that there is tremendous momentum around it right now to actually address them. I think the challenges around um, equitable access can be addressed. We just needed to value them enough and understand what can be done to address them. You know, uh, we've had uh, with clinical trials under COVID, there's been a lot of decentralization or, you know, what people refer to as virtual trials, right? Reducing the burden on cancer patients who are participating in trials um, so that they don't have to go to so many appointments. The amount of time that they have to interact with a clinician in a medical setting is really reduced. Um, so it's better all around and we cannot lose that. We've got to, that is something that, you know, we've been talking about for years is to decentralize cancer clinical trials. Um, and we've proven we can do it. And we, we showed that we could do it in a matter of months, right? In, in this instance, we want to keep the new normal. So you've hit on something that's also so crucial in the sense that putting patients at the center of the clinical trials process. That's really 
something that is 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 new uh, people have embraced if if it's not easier for the patient if we can't lift some of that burden off of them uh, kind of try to hurdle over some of the obstacles that have been put in place you know over a number of years uh, these are areas where we're seeing great improvement and, and I'm wondering if there are some specific initiatives you're actually pursuing with Medidata to address some of these problems? You know, as a very small nonprofit, we don't have the the industry, you know, uh, resources, um, experience, data, um, you know, really understanding um, how the industry works on the inside um, that metadata has. And so um, we needed to know where, where were our, the communities that were in greatest need and where did we have the greatest potential for success with our programs in serving those communities. And so our, our first project with metadata Medidata used a, about 20 different factors to research geographically um, the entire nation to determine, based on the programs that we were administering, where we should go. And the top of the list um, that we received from Metadata was uh, MD Anderson. And I'm happy to say that we have been able to engage with MD Anderson around our impact program. And in fact, at this moment, we are launching our impact program at MD Anderson. Um, and we're very, very excited about that to be able to bring uh, the Houston area and those communities in need, um, uh, increase their access to, to cancer clinical trials through impact. Um, we also realized that because of the historical and cultural um, issues around cancer clinical trials and really the deep-seated fear and mistrust around clinical trials, that we needed to do a better job of trying to engage in productive conversation to overcome those fears and to to build trust within uh, our communities of color and primarily the the african-american community we undertook a project to develop the clinical trials readiness survey with metadatum and that is called our cancer wellness hub um, to have a tool that we could use to say look you know if you, first of all, here's what a clinical trial is, here's what it isn't, you know, and, and really be transparent around what it means to participate in a clinical trial, but also to identify the potential challenges that an individual might come across as a result of participating. We wouldn't be doing that. We would not have that opportunity if it were not for the relationship that we have developed with Medidata. We talked a little bit about how the pandemic has accelerated a lot of change. And I'm wondering if there are aspects to 
raising awareness aspects to increasing diversity in clinical trials that have not been moving quite as quickly? Where should we be focusing some attention? Yeah, so I, I think that really there is a big issue around, you know, um, insurance or lack of insurance and, and payer mix. The type of insurance that you have really predetermines what you have access to and how quickly you can gain access to it. You know, for someone with a cancer diagnosis, if they fail standard of care and you know then then you know second line or third line treatment doesn't work the only opportunity that that individual has to stay engaged in their fight with cancer is a cancer clinical trial because that trial represents the latest and greatest right um, for for that that patient yeah you've clearly shown just how many facets there are to these issues. And there are no magic bullets, uh, no easy solutions. And uh, you've done a lot of the hard work to push things along in the way that you have where there are meaningful results to show for it. Uh, you've, You've shared a lot with us. And I'm wondering if you might give us a little peek into what might be coming up, anything you want to share that uh, we could look forward to in the future. We have undertaken a project to increase the number of African-American black medical professionals that we have, because again, it's disproportionately low, right? So we have a a lovely um, children's book that uh, we're working uh, with an amazing author on to engage with um, young African-American children um, to just have them, you know, be engaged in, in STEM and understand, huh, you know, I want, I want to be a doctor. I want to be a medical professional, right? Um, and then actually provide mentorship and relationships to, to get that work done um, so that, you know, hopefully we will have a, a positive influence on the number of African-American and Black um, young adults who choose to go to medical school and and actually pursue medicine as a profession. I think that is just so incredibly creative and uh, even goes well beyond looking at diversity in, in clinical trials and trying to increase access, but really doing a much broader societal good. Well, um, I think the key to all of this, you know, really achieving equitable access is gaining trust. And, you know, there, there is no one size fits all answer. Each of our communities has unique and individual um, challenges around cancer and health. And we have to listen and we have to be willing to address those challenges if we really want to build that trust and let people from all communities know that we truly are here to address their needs. We so much appreciate you sharing your thoughts and insights with us here on Clinical Minds. Well, thank you again for this tremendous opportunity. And I'm, I'm hopeful 
you know, for the future of cancer patients, you know, with companies like Medidata who are really very socially engaged and, and pace, patient facing, right, who really want to address disparities and, and really are patient advocates first. We're building this momentum. We join you in those hopes. And again, thank you so much for spending some time with us. Thank you. This has been Clinical Minds, presented by Medidata. This whole season is devoted to diversity in trials, trust, and access to care for all. Please leave us a review or comment wherever you get your podcast and let us know what you think and what else you'd like to know. Thanks for joining us.